Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. Welcome to the One Tough Mother Show and happy Easter, happy Passover, happy this, happy that, happy spring. Everything's happy. It was beautiful this weekend, even though it said rain, rain, rain. They lied. Thank God. So happy Easter, dude. What'd you do? Oh, today? Yeah. We went and uh, praised Jesus and uh, hung out, ran some errands, did a little Easter egg hunt at my house. Cool. Yeah. Were the kids and, super uh, excited? Did they get up like, ah? No, it's not Christmas, Karen. Well, at my house, it still was exciting. They'd be getting up like, ah! Yeah, you, you like decorate, you hire people, like grown men to wear rabbit costumes. I mean, you go crazy. <laughs> I don't know if I've done the grown man in rabbit costumes thing, but I definitely have thought about it. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I- we had a big Easter egg. You're right, Seth, 1,000% right about me. So we had our Easter yesterday because, one, I work today, and two, um, you know, the kids are married and they have other families that they go to visit um, on the on Easter day. So we have it Easter Saturday. So I did 207 plastic eggs with coins in them. With coins in them? Yeah, I did three coins in each. It could have been three pennies. It could have been a nickel, dime, or penny. It could have been a quarter, nickel, and dime. Like, I just spent hours putting three coins in 207 eggs. I spent minutes hiding 13 eggs with nothing in them. (laughs) I know. You know, it's funny. I used to hide them from my own kids, and there was nothing in them. Now my grandkids, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put this in them and that in them. Yeah, grandparents are always better than parents. Yeah, right? It's, it's, so, it's so nice to be just the person that does really, really cool stuff, and they really love you because you're really cool, and you don't have to discipline them. Right. That's the good part. I don't have to worry if they ate 10 peeps. I don't care Ew. if they had nine chocolate bunnies. Ew. Yeah. Um, I was off a few days, too, so we went to Camden Aquarium. Oh, good place. Is it still really cool? Yeah, it was good. It was cool. Um, and Talia keeps asking, can I go see sharks? Oh. <laughs> and uh, we went to Point Pleasant on Friday. What, did you smell around at the beach? Oh, they have the rides open. They have a sale, two for one, for the summer. 
Oh, really? Already? Wow. I buy all the tickets, you know, and then I got them for the summer. Wow. Yeah. Was there peeps there? Was was there a lot of peeps? Yeah. It was a little cold and windy. It was all right, though. Yeah, there was people there. And so you got to ride rides? The rides are open? Yeah, a bunch of them. Most of them. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Oh, I can't, you know... I'm not good on rides like I used to be, but especially the, the small ones. Like the Great Adventure, I can handle a little better, but these small rides, the Gravitron, oh my God. Ugh. What one is that? Gravitron. That's when you're against the wall and it spins around inside. Oh, I can't do that up. anymore. Ooh. Oh my God. And I got to go because Alex wants to go and he has to go with an adult. He's at the height where he can only go with an adult. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. I used to ride every single ride when my kids were little. One time, I don't know what fair it was or where we were. I did the teacups where they spun. Oh. oh. It's funny. They have this one little ride called Taxi Cab. It's this little tiny nothing ride for little, little kids. And I remember from last year, I said, and Alex, can I go on? Can we go on? I said, no. <laughs> I remember from last year, I said, I felt so sick on that thing. I'm not going on it. Not happening. Oh, it spins? It spins. It's Oh, my God. I can't take it. It's making me sick. You know, I think it's your ears and your eyes. I think as we get older, our eyes are – you can't focus, right? So it's like a big blur, and it just makes you really dizzy and nasty. Yeah, we're just just closer to death, so more things hurt. You're so positive. That's what I love about you. Yeah. The old closer to death story. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, I'm glad the next guest is coming on then because you know what? You need a happy heart, quite frankly. My heart Lisa, is happy. <laughs> what? My heart is happy. Waiting to hear this one, though. These are really good tips. Lisa Trapani Shoemate is the Associate Vice President at the University of Houston, General Manager of Houston Public Media, and also serves on the Executive Director of Houston's Public Media Foundation. Lisa holds national leadership roles with both PBS, the Board of Directors, and the Public Television Major Market Group Board. She frequently speaks on topics ranging from leadership to the importance of financial literacy in leadership and communication. Expanding her her media footprint, I mean, she's really going all out there now. She has published a book, and she's sharing the wisdom and encouragement with young men and women entering into adulthood. And actually, these tips were for like, Anybody that's out there starting over on things that will always matter in life and career. Lisa's book, Always and Never, 20 Truths for a Happy Heart and the Companion Journal that you do like little projects and little workups in, it was recently published in April and it is so cool. She sent me a copy. I love it. I'm sharing it with you because you need a happy heart, Seth. And it's with great pleasure that we welcome to the One Tough Mother Show our new friend, Lisa Trapani, Shoemate. Lisa, welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. This is a privilege for me to be here. Oh, thank you. And you're a Texas gal, right? Well, I'm born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana, but I've been in Texas a long time. You're right. I've been here since 1990, and it's been very good to us. We've really enjoyed the Texas spirit. I love that. I love New Orleans, first of all. I love Texas. I think that it, both of them are amazing. And and so let's get 
into a little bit about you because the One Tough Mother show is all about you. Tell me where you came from, where you kind of groomed yourself and grown over the last few years. So, um, you know, I always say New, uh, Texas is in my heart, but New Orleans is my soul. And uh, there was something about growing up in New Orleans that was very colorful and a very expressive place to grow up. So I am the oldest of four children and uh, had the privilege of going, I think one of the most formative things for me was an all girls Catholic high school. My parents worked very hard for us to be able to go to Catholic school. And, uh, and then we kind of all sort of put our way through college. But that foundation of when you're in your teens and you're not worried what the boys think, you're around other girls, is very freeing. And a lot of these women, you know, went on to great careers because they never knew they couldn't do that. So I would say that was a big influence on me. The second big influence on me was the many strong women I met out in the working world. The very first woman who, who gave a shot to me when I was just still in high school and said, hey, I want to get in this business of television. Her name was Nikki Wellman. And she was at WWL in New Orleans. And she said, okay, go back and finish high school and stay in touch. And she hired me to work answering the phones when I graduated from high school, which enabled me to be able to get to college and pay for college. And then once I uh, graduated, there were women uh, in the sales department in, you know, kind of executive positions as well as on the air. And just being able to see that it really is true and why diversity in visible high places is so important for everyone to look up and say, I see me in, 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 in reality in a position I want to be in. Then it becomes really possible and then you do what it takes to get there. Oh, Lisa, I love the concept of speak it into existence because yeah. a lot of people will say to me, well, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. I say, hey, baby, there is no jinx. Speak it into existence. Say it over and over out loud. Say it in your head. Say it to people around you because you are speaking it into what's going to happen into existence. And, you know, to build on that, one of my great mentors and friends said that she made it known. She told her bosses, I want to achieve, I want to move up, and I'm willing to relocate. She didn't take it for granted, this idea that you get discovered or that somebody's going to know what you want. Just get rid of that notion and be real clear and intentional. And I agree. Say it out loud. That is, I, I just love it. So Lisa, like me, you spent a great deal of time, a great deal of time, most of your career in the media. Yes. And so why, why this book? Why this short book of awesome wisdom? Well, of course, I'm still in the media because I am the, uh, the general manager of Houston Public Media. So it's the NPR and PBS station for Houston at the University of Houston. So the reason really is those two factors came together because public media is very much about the mission of, on the PBS side, education, right? Whether it's early childhood learning or Nova and nature in prime time. And on the news side about, you know, journalism and going deeper. And then this great university here where I see students every day, they're getting their degrees, they're so smart, and yet 
they're still so young, you know? They need mentors, and more than ever, they need positive encouragement about their future. They, they need to know that it's okay to make a mistake and be confident that you will recover. They need to know the importance of the, the things that are gonna always be true about trust and faith and forgiveness and love and being the leader in your life. So that was really my goal, was to set out, look, these are 20 things, they're always gonna, the world is gonna change a lot. These 20 things are always going to be true stick to these things and not only will you realize your professional potential you'll realize a very peaceful personal potential because you'll have you know lived by standards that keep you happy and in control of your life it's so true because when i read 20 truths for a happy heart i was like Oh my God. I mean, you know what? Let's face it, Lisa. Everybody's busy. Everybody's moving. It's like we're moving at the speed of light. We're going to see driverless cars. We're going to see robots working. We're going to see drones delivering our packages. It's all coming. And I don't want to lose the personal connection. I don't want to lose the personalities and, and seeing people and knowing people and having a human interaction with people. And these 20 truths of a happy or for a happy heart are exactly that. They're just so, um, they keep you emotionally secure in yourself and attached to others, correct? That is exactly right, Karen. You hit on it. You hit on the two things that we hope will come out of this book. When I say we, I mean me and the team of people that were involved in the editing and, and now, you know, kind of getting the word out. The two things, that everyone go deep within themselves to set up kind of their truths about what it means to be trusting, what it means to love unconditionally, that it, you take time to really reflect and then the other part is that you connect with other people, that you take the time to put the phone down, look eye to eye, and really connect. Because relationships, people in your life, those are the things that are the gold and really make up joy. They can also make up the heartache, but that's also about defining who you are so that you know that people who bring you the heartbreak maybe aren't the people that are going to be in your life for the long run. And this kind of gives you some framework to make those decisions, but it is people and your family and the, the, your ability to define who you are that sets you up for being in control and being happy. No matter what you're right. Driverless cars, all the other technology that's coming. Um, it is uh, just unavoidable but these things will remain constant. So true. I mean, the other day I walked into the commissary just to, to grab a bottle of water. I personally looked around the room and observed at least, and I think I counted six tables of people on their phones, mm. six tables of people on their phones. How, how can you have a human connection when you're connecting somebody or you're connecting with somebody through technology and you're not, and you're sitting next to a human being? So I, I thought to myself when I read the 20 truths, I, I thought to myself, you know, come on, I, they seem so easy to follow. I mean, come on, let's, 
let's face it, why should we need to be reminded of these truths? But guess what? We absolutely 1000% do. We absolutely do. We are in the age of women who had to go to work. We had to be a two family household. Children are left to the, to the daycare or to home alone, latchkey kids, whatever the case. We came home exhausted. Sometimes mothers didn't have time to teach their children. Fathers didn't have the time. So we need always, there's always a need for a lesson in being personal, one-on-one, -on -one, and values. Is that what the mission was here? You bet. And um, something else that really resonated with me when you, you just talked about people on their phones we think that this is good, right? I mean, we're getting a lot of information. There's a lot of conveniences. You can get your grocery stores. Yes, it is a great tool. And, and it's making us very reactive to the world. It's making us react, 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 react. As opposed to taking that moment, even if it's just by yourself, to meditate, to think, to not react and just hold on a moment have some peace of mind, quiet your mind, and really get into a state where you don't feel tense. Because there's a when you're constantly reacting, you're constantly on and you're not relaxing. And when you don't relax and sleep well, you can't recharge. It pushes your mood into a different place. And so suddenly, although it seems like we're not, besides the fact we're not connecting with each other, We've lost touch of ourselves. And that's why I'm saying so many young people, they don't know who they are. And so they're reacting to what they think their boss wants, what they think their boyfriend or girlfriend wants, what they think. They're reacting, reacting. And then one day they realize they're not happy. And why? Because there hasn't been deep reflection, quiet time, a commitment to living up to a set of ideals and standards that really put you in control, not just so you're in control, but so that you can put peace and order and relaxation into your life. I love that. I love that because you know what happens is when you have, I mean, when Lisa, when you and I grew up, we had, of course, people had their opinions. We had our friends. We had our family. We had our extended family, our boyfriends, our husbands, whatever the case may be. But we didn't have the world, okay? That's right. We have the world every day in our inbox, on our phone. That's and exactly it, right. And it, it becomes overwhelming. I just know for my kids, I mean, I, know I have four children, um, very, very successful. I'm very proud of them. They've worked very hard. I was a single mother almost their entire lives. And they really, really have put themselves above and beyond to help. They're helpful and kind. And I'll say this. I can't imagine every day that you have to hold yourself to a standard of what everyone's doing on Instagram, what everyone's doing on Facebook, forgetting to be truthful, forgetting to be honest, forgetting to love, forgetting to forgive. It, 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 you start living at a standard that's not possible to maintain. That's right. And um, it can be so, so superficial, right? Uh, we're just automatically reacting and, and, and very, you know, superficial as opposed to the real things in your life that you that are tangible to yourself 
The other thing that you mentioned about the world that we're in right now of reacting, what our young people also need is reassurance. There was a great story on NPR the other day of maybe it was yesterday morning about children with anxiety. So these young children, they can't sleep. They don't want to be left alone. They're got, they're so high strung. And it turned out that while our first instinct as parents is to kind of let them sleep in the bed with you or whatever, you know, nurture, like just calm them and nurture them. What it really turned out is that they needed to train the parents to say, okay, you're going to be fine. You're going to go in your room for 10 minutes. I'm going to be right there. And in 10 minutes, I'm going to come in and check on you. And I know you can do this. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm going to see you in 10 minutes. And then slowly but surely, the child slept through the night. And do you know what the child said when they interviewed the child? They said, yes, I was scared. But I kept hearing my mom say, you can do this. I, think I mean, I just started to kind of fill up in my in my heart uh, to just got emotional because you see that reassurance, that personal touch of mentoring and reminding and, and being there for these young people as they go from graduation into the workplace, just saying, you're going to do this. You're going to be fine. They need to hear that. And they don't even know they need it because they've been so connected, you know, electronically and to technology. You're so right. And that's so... It's such a great story because I think all the time, here we have these Millies, we have these 20-somethings, and they've been in a cocoon. They've been in a cocoon, and all of a sudden, the cocoon rips open and they're stepping out. A lot of them can't possibly build their wings on the way down because they've never been given the opportunity. They've never been reassured. They've never been told. They live at a standard, Lisa, that you and I have never, ever had to live at. We never opened our phone and saw Sally had, you know, Armani shoes or somebody <laughs> had a, you know, we never, we never lived at that standard. And having children in the age group that, you know, my, my children are, are in the 20s and 30s, having that, I see, I see the anxiety that they harbor over, well, I should, I've got to get that promotion or what will people think if I don't do this or that? They forget the values at heart. It's exactly right. And, you know, I have uh, the book and I have a journal. And the, there's one goal of this journal, one and only one goal. And that is by answering the questions, you know, you personally, there's no right or wrong answer, but going through and answering the questions that tie to each one of the truths that the reader learn and practice being the CEO of the way they think and feel about themselves. In other words, it is every thought you have is in your control. Every idea about what you can be in your life, the way you think about it, the way you, is in your control. And how valuable, how necessary is that right now with so much coming at you all the time is to be that grounded in, no, I don't need that dress. I don't need to be, you know, uh, that shape or, or, or have that color hair. I'm me. This is me. And I love me. And I'm going, this is the course I have set out for my life. Uh, there may be some twists and turns, but where I'm going, I have an indestructible vision about what I can be in my life. And I'm going to get up and work on that every day. 
that's what is I'm hoping that spirit is what can be built over time with a foundation of this. I think it's necessary more than ever um, because of all the other stuff that's coming at you. And it's so a preponderance of negative things coming at you all the time. It makes you lose perspective. Um, you know, I always love to talk about other books that have been interesting. And there's one called Factfulness. And it talks about how things actually are improving in the world and there's all the facts to go with it. So that's one. And another one I really like is um, How Women Rise. And it talks in particular, and there's also uh, a version of that for men that really help you kind of navigate the workplace, probably a little later in your career than in the early years. I love that. And you know, I loved that about your book. I love that about the 20 truths for a happy heart, because when it came with the companion book, when it came with the happy heart companion journal, I loved it because when you start writing things down and I don't care how archaic it sounds, I don't care how old school it is. I don't care. Ma, ma, nobody does that anymore. Everybody, <laughs> everybody types it. When you have a pencil in your hand and, or a pen and you start writing things on paper, it's almost like a contract with yourself. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when you write, yes, I'm going to do this, or I believe I can do this, or I feel I didn't like the way I was treated, but I know that I'm in control of my life, and this is how I'm going to change that. My biggest lesson to my children have always been, nothing changes unless you change something. Nothing. That's, so, yeah, there's, a, there's your book right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> So true. And they'll be like, oh God, she said it a million times. But <laughs> in writing the, with the companion journal for Happy Heart, it just, it makes you sit and think and reflect. And you, and when you write it down, I mean, I just think it's an amazing, it was an amazing touch to a great book. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And, you know, I love this generation. I've, I've loved every minute of being a mother and now I have a two-year-old almost he's almost three-year-old grandson Aww. and uh it is been a tremendous joy I, I learned from them like I'm sure you learn from your children um and 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 feel the word privilege every time I'm able to call myself mother and and grandmother so um we share that in common don't we yeah, I, I just, I adore them. I mean, let me tell you, it, I'm not, my listeners know, I'm brutally honest. Were there times I'd strangle them? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, yes. I used to say to them, if I didn't love you, I'd kill you. But yeah, but the truth of the matter is, in retrospect, there's nothing I would have changed. Nothing. Right. It, it, you've just got to keep moving forward. So Lisa, I have to ask, is this a direction that you're going? Are you going to make always and never a series? I do plan to make it a series. I um, kind of really like the format of it being, you know, short and sweet. Um, and the happy heart, uh, you know, definitely was the place to start for me. I think the next one I would like to focus on confidence. I feel that there's a real need for people to understand confidence is like happiness in that it is a decision. You don't just wake up one day and you're confident. You start each day with that mindset 
And again, that idea of being resilient. So I would like to do always and never for the confident heart. I think there's a lot of people who, you know, have heartbreak and need some reassurance. So I'd like to do the healing heart. And then potentially there's so many people, caregivers of all ages, children taking care of parents, parents taking care of grandchildren, uh, always and never for the caretaker's heart or the helping heart, I guess is really what I'm saying. I so yes, I would like to do that. And, um, and my hope is that I can, you know, do this um, over time while also, you know, doing my other media job with um, Houston Public Media at I the University of Houston. Yeah. I think you're on the right track. I, I just, going through the 20 truths, I think it was, it's an amazing reality check. You know, I'm not, I, am I going to say you're going to open the book and be like, oh my God, you're kidding. That's profound. No, you're going to open the book and go, oh my God, I never think about that. Oh my gosh, you're right. Or I first forgot about that. Or I should do that. It's an amazing, amazing book. It's an amazing reminder that the uh, journal is, uh, the companion journal is just great to have with the book. Please everyone, it, you know, look into it. Lisa, where can they find you? What can they, where can they hear about all of this? Well, thank you so much, Karen, for those kind words. And uh, Always and Never, 20 Truths for a Happy Heart, the book and journal are on Amazon. And you can just really Google Always and Never in my name, Lisa Shoemate. Um, and then also barnesandnoble.com. And then also uh, alwaysandneverbooks.com is my website. And the links are also there. I think they're just amazing. Always and Never. 20 Truths for a Happy Heart. I loved it. I think everybody should look into it. It just kind of grounds you. It reminds you. It's like having a little mentor in your pocket, to be honest. Oh, well, I couldn't think of a better description than that. I really couldn't. Thank you so much, Karen. Oh, you're so welcome, Lisa. Thank you for being on our show. You're amazing. I can't wait for you to have all the others. They come back and we can talk about those too. I would love that. Good. Oh. Best of luck to you and congratulations on your success with this podcast. I know that you're making a big difference. Oh, thank you, Lisa. What kind words. Thank you so much. And when we come back, we're going to have headlines and headaches. We'll be right back. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back, and we've got very interesting headlines and headaches this weekend. Sure do. Okay, Karen, what's the most innovative U.S. state? Um, well, don't tell me. Texas. No. Oh. Um, I'll give you a clue. They know how to party. San Francisco. Oh, California. There you go. You got it. Oh. California knows how to party. You know, Tupac, Dr. Dre. Yeah. Yeah. We were just listening to it. Talia was dancing to it. It was good. Um, California is the most innovative economy in America, per Bloomberg's latest U.S. State Innovation Index. The Golden State topped five out of six of the metrics used to rank states, including research and development intensity, productivity, clusters of companies in technology, populous with degrees in science and engineering disciplines, and patent activity, falling behind only in STEM. Facebook, Alphabet, and Apple are among 15% of S&P 500 companies headquartered in California. Massachusetts, Washington, Connecticut, and Maryland rounded up the top five. Wow. How about that? Massachusetts surprises me. 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know which businesses are there and what the criteria is. And I don't know. Me either. Yeah. Let's move on. The most stressed people at work are me. Okay. <laughs> and me. <laughs> Fifty percent of workers report feeling stressed at work, according to a survey. With workload, work-life balance being the number one cause. Duh. Generation X. That's me. Is that you? No, that's not us. That's not me. No, dude. That's after Millie's. Generation X. Oh, uh, what am I? You're like Y or Z or some shit. Oh, okay. A, A B C one two three. You and me. Right. Generation X is the most stressed with baby boomers. Baby boomers. And millennials not far behind. There is very little difference between genders with greater seniority shown to stoke anxiety. The survey findings align with other studies that show burnout is rife among U.S. workers. True that, yo. Wow. That is, you know what? I'm looking it up because maybe you are Gen X. I forget. I think you might be a Gen Xer. Look it up. Um, Birth years between mid-60s and early 80s. Boom. Boom shakalaka. Breakfast club, dude. I am. Demented and sad, but social. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Minimum wage hike hits restaurants. This doesn't make any sense. Okay. As minimum wages around the country rise, the restaurant industry is beginning to feel the effects of $15 an hour. Some restaurant owners have reported the need to lay off workers and redistribute responsibilities, with many of them raising menu prices to offset changing labor costs. Others, including restaurant employees, express concerns that customers who know about the increased wages will begin to tip their servers less and less. Well, the point is, servers usually make the majority of their money on tips. Right. I mean, when I was a waitress and bartender, right, 1,000%. I was also. It's like, you got like two twelve an hour. Yeah. And okay. if you didn't get your tips, you were really, really screwed. Yeah. I, it's not even a... It's not... Uh, it's weird. It's not right. No, right. How do not I know? I'm not a socialist, so I don't know what's right anymore. Okay. Uh, wait, this isn't a political show. Strike that from the record. I struck it. Thank you. Remote workers are lonely. Okay. Next story. <laughs> <laughs> You're a jerk. Uh, you know what? I'll, I take my chances with it. You know, I, I think, uh, I think the best way to do it is, um, you know, it can't work for everyone, but to split, you know, maybe a couple of days at home, a couple of days in the office, make it easier, especially when you're going commuting to the city. That's what, you know, I would love to do that eventually. But a number of American remote workers have shot up 115% in the last decade, but this flexibility comes with trade-offs. Research shows that remote workers are just as likely to quit as a result of feeling lonely and disengaged. Author Dan Schwabble offers tips on how to manage remote workers so they feel included. I know. Make them feel included. Reach out. Invite them to the office once in a while. How about talk? Exactly. Duh. Duh. Uh, Why doesn't everybody call us for advice? I don't understand. They know we know the answers. Duh. Hello. Knock, knock. Who's there? Common. What? Common. Common who? Common sense. Come on. This 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 ain't rocket science. Yo. Okay, let's go. Work. Uh, we uh, we bought a knock knock joke yesterday. Uh, a book, so it's all in my head now. Oh, yeah. some good ones. Okay, that wasn't one of them. Workplace wellness is worthless? Question mark. Okay, workplace wellness programs may get employees moving, but fall short of achieving their goals, according to a new study. Researchers found the programs didn't reduce healthcare costs, increase productivity, or reduce absenteeism. 
They also don't appear to influence how long a person stays with an employer. Some experts caution against reading too much into the survey results and say there still may be a place for wellness at work, reports Kaiser Health News. How about just caring about people? Isn't that good enough? You know what? It's Everything is like a stinking work study. Just be kind. Care about people. Pay them what they're worth for their job that they do. Stop studying everything. Yeah, leave me alone. Right. Yeah. Okay, the perils of using texting for work. Texting your boss is a big no-no. At least it used to be. Approximately 70% of survey respondents say they've shifted from email to text for some work matters. But as texting creeps into the workplace, social gaffes are almost unavoidable. Opponents argue that texting your bosses and colleagues extends your work hours throughout the night and makes oversharing colleagues even more unbearable. Proponents, however, argue that for the speed and convenience texting brings. Um, I use it a little bit. You know what? And I be, I made a big mistake doing this. I, I'm a thousand percent with that because I made a big mistake texting my boss about something. Now I'm constantly, hey, can you work another hour? Hey, can you look into this? Hey, when you come in, can you do this? Hey, it's right. like non-stop now. Oh, they think you're a horse. Keep throwing hay at you. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And uh, you know what I did? I sent an email to my boss and I didn't proof it. And it got, it got auto-corrected. And then I got an email back that wasn't so nice. I was like, well, what's going on here? And I looked at my email. My email got changed to say exactly the opposite of what I wanted to say. Oh, no. I was like, oh, bad typo. Uh, this is actually what I meant to say. Oh. It, was like, it sounded like I was demanding something or something. I was like, oh, my God. It's terrible. Oh. Um, so hopefully I have a job tomorrow. Okay. I hope it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, I need to borrow some money. Yeah. Okay. Global contest for the Notre Dame Spire. Spire, right? That's how you say it? Yeah. An international architectural competition will be launched to redesign the roofline of the Notre Dame Cathedral after French President Emmanuel Macron, Macron, Macron vowed to restore it, it to its full glory within five years after the massive fire there Monday, just in time for the Summer Olympics of 2024 to be held in Paris. Two of France's billionaires, meanwhile, appear to be bidding each other up and donating millions toward the reconstruction effort, with others of funding and technical assistance also rolling in from abroad. Excuse me. Um, you know, this has been like a controversial political topic, too, which is really strange. Well, I know. Why do you say that? I haven't heard that. Um, arguing about, I think Ben Shapiro said something about Judeo-Christian uh something and says what is it about that i just i can't get into it but it's just it's so ridiculous how about it's a beautiful old building that was a place of worship and people really liked it you know it's been through i mean look at all the stuff it's been through it the world wars i mean everything this thing has like stood and it's going to be you know obviously didn't burn everything to the ground this, the spire, of course, was destroyed. And the fire, like, I'm watching it on the internet. And I was just like, oh, my God. I just can't even believe they saved as much as they saved. Yeah. But in the meantime, I think it's an awesome, awesome thing to have, like, a contest for someone to kind of re- resurrect it. But it's going to be not the exact same, but it's going to be better. You know what I mean? Like, every everything has to change and evolve. And it's kind of like... This gives it a chance to change and evolve. I mean, it was beautiful and gorgeous and everything about it was so, so um, 
sacred, but I'm so glad now it's going to change and evolve into something different and better. Right. When it was built, it cost like 500 bucks to make. Now it costs 5 billion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. We got one more for you, Karen. Okay. The burger battles heat up. How about that? Burger battles. Yeah. Fast food business encourages fast thinking. I love fast food discussions. Let's get into it. Um, Competitors strategize quickly in order to gain that extra percentage of margin, the chance to bite a tiny morsel out of their rivals. So, you know, we got McDonald's is, um, you know, uh, going against Burger King. You know, McDonald's is suddenly deciding it's not quite as fancy as it promised to be. And um, they declared there would be a new fresh quarter pounder lineup, whatever that means. Oh, they're going to use fresh meat. I heard that somewhere. Oh, I thought it was always fresh. No, it was always a big frozen ass patty. Uh, oh, and Burger King always said they use fresh. So some of them said, somebody says fresh, right? That was Wendy's. Oh, Wendy's. Okay. Uh, Burger Chain explained that the experiment was actually serving customers fresh beef rather than frozen. And it's proved popular. Shocking. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, this is hardly surprised. So I confess when I tried the new McDonald's fresh beef quarter pounder, I wasn't entirely enraptured. You know, just because it's fresh meat doesn't mean it's a quality meat. Okay, let's let's keep it reals. You know what I mean? You know, that's exactly what I thought. Yuck. Ugh. We love our new quarter pounder deluxe and quarter pounder bacon. We've introduced even more ways to enjoy it. Oh, boy. What else did they Do say? Do you ever eat at McDonald's? What's that? Do you ever eat there? Um... Occasionally, I'll get an egg McMuffin, and uh, once in a while, I'll get kids Happy Meals. Okay, is that all right? Yeah, like I don't think well, I'm not, I'm, I. I really scour my brain right now when you're talking about this. I'm trying to think in my mind, like when seriously was the last time that I went to McDonald's? You're not missing anything. I th- I know I go through the drive-through for coffee because they actually have good. Coffee. I drink black coffee, and their coffee is good. Yeah. And you can get any size coffee for a buck. That's awesome. Yeah, so I know that I get their coffee, but as far as a food product, I don't think I've eaten there for, oh, my God, 20, 20 years maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really want to even talk about it anymore, to be honest with you. Ugh. So they're going to fresh good. meat. I hope it works out for them. Yeah. Are these, but are these, you know, are these cows grass fed? Are they grazing? Are they happy? Or are they just stuck in a pen somewhere? Oh, no. Mm hmm. Yeah. See? Well, I, now I'm going, I'm going vegan. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. Actually, I, uh, I love steak, so I won't do that. But anyway, um, there's a lot of important, you know, important messages and what lisa had to say our guest and and there's a lot of um things that you have to remember to live by i mean certain things will really help you out in life and i've got today's mother says because of her book and her and her interview i think it was very interesting and i think this is a great mother says for it today's mother says is in life as in music the pause is as important as the note Right, that's a good one. It is. I, I can I can stand to stop and think a few a little more than I do. Yeah. So, I mean, be kind. You know, 
work hard, you know, care about other people, be appreciative, be grateful. And remember, in life as in music, the pause is as important as the note. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we have an amazing, we have a boxer next week on our show. A female boxer. I'm super excited, psyched about this. Awesome. Yep. So I will talk to everybody next week. Make sure you're listening to us. And Seth, have a great week this week. Don't send any emails to the boss. (laughs) Okay. Bye, everybody.